0: Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson, and I'm Stan Guthrie, as usual, but not as usual today because we will be reversing roles and John will be the questioner and I will be the answerer. We'll be talking about my new book, A Concise Guide to Bible Prophecy, 60 Predictions Everyone Should Know.
1: Stan, I love this book. It's published by Baker. Reading it, among other things, took me back... To when I was a boy going to church and I don't know I'll be interested to find out if this tracks with your experience but when I was growing up there was a lot more talk about prophecy in church than there is now I realize there's a lot of different kinds of churches so I'm just talking about my experience and but does that track at all with you
0: well I'm probably an unusual case in that I did not grow up in a church I came to faith as a teenager, as a high schooler, through reading prophecy.
1: Okay. You know,
0: I was pretty much clueless about the whole Christian thing. As I said in an article I wrote recently, I grew up believing in a sort of a purposeless universe, a universe that wasn't going anywhere, history didn't really have any meaning. And one of the things that kind of hooked me into Jesus Christ was prophecy and a hell lindsey and, you know, there's a new world coming and all that. When I was actually learning about it, prophecy was quite the rage. I mean, that was a hot time in prophecy. Right. And, you know, I was told that this is someone without any background in the Bible at all, that probably the rapture or the Second Coming would happen right around 1987, because that was one generation from the creation of the modern state of Israel. Right. So that's kind of how I got introduced to the faith, and so that obviously had a, a big impact on my early Christian development.
1: Yeah, what you said, when I was a boy, and this would be in the 50s, so I'm I'm older than you, I heard a lot of talk like that, and people would often say, yes, we're in the end times, they didn't talk about it all the time, and they proceeded with their lives, but that was a very common theme, and at some point in recent decades, that seems to have receded quite a bit
0: it has and it hasn't though i mean we still have the herald camping thing that some of us are recovering from and sure and of course the larger society has things like the mayan prophecy to keep them occupied for a while so i think there's a you know a very basic urge to know the future and to see what we can do to you know avoid uh, armageddon right And, and so i think it's still there but it's probably a little bit more dormant than it was in our two time periods we're talking about.
1: And part of what you're trying to do in this book is look at the broad sweep of biblical prophecy, not just prophecy about the end times. Exactly.
0: I'd say most of the prophecies in my book, I do have a section on future prophecies from our perspective, but it really starts in Genesis. I read a Christian apologist, Hugh Ross, who said that he counted 2,500 prophecies in the Bible only 500 of which are still in the future. So I would say I probably have a similar percentage in this book. And one thing that I'm really trying to do is to point out to people, including myself, that prophecy is there not just to satisfy our curiosity about the future, but to really give us information and insight about how we're to live today.
1: That's especially pertinent when people ask about When is the second coming going to be? But it's pertinent for all of our lives.
0: Well, certainly. And one of the things that's really been impressed on my brain lately as I've thought about this, as I've started talking about the book, is that you really can't know much about prophecy unless you know the prophets. You know, sometimes we treat prophecy as sort of a a Nostradamus kind of a thing where we're sort of decoding these secret messages that only, you know, the people with Gnostic knowledge can possibly understand. But the fact is most of the prophecies were written into specific situations that we can understand. You know, if we do a little historical research, if we know some of the basic dates in biblical history, those kind of things. And there's usually an ethical component, not just about getting ready for the end times, but just living today and and living faithfully for the Lord. And I think that we miss that when all we think about is putting on a sandwich board that says the end is near.
1: What you just said reminded me of Part of what I so much admire about the book, and that is that on the one hand, you have a kind of appendix at the end where you talk about the principles that you followed, some Mm -hmm. general principles of biblical interpretation, the principles you followed in this book. And you make the point that you expressed just a minute ago where you say prophecies are not primarily riddles, there's not a kind of code that we have Mm to decipher. On the other hand, you acknowledge that, yeah, there have been lots of times when Christians have disagreed about Mm -hmm. particular prophecies, but you say that ultimately all the prophecies point to Jesus and who he is and what he's going to do. It's just amazing
0: that Jesus is really the key to unlocking prophecy, you know, whether it's something that the Lord said to Abram back in, you know, 2000 BC or one of the so-called minor prophets or even Jesus talking about the end himself. And I guess I'd want to end this interview by stressing a point that's really meant a lot to me, and that is in whatever system of Bible prophecy we come up with that we think is the most faithful to scripture, we need to keep in balance a couple of things. One is that Jesus actually is returning, right? Number two is we don't know when he's returning. That brings us to number three, which is we need to keep in balance both our life here on the earth and also that there's a new world coming, that there's an eschaton, and that we need to have that sense of anticipation. And it's just so hard for us, it seems like, to walk in the center of biblical tension, which is what one of my mentors, Robertson McQuilkin, always said. You can either be so blasé about the end that it really doesn't make any difference in your life, and on the other hand, you're just always scanning the newspapers or the web for headlines about the revived Roman Empire or whatever, that you kind of just go off the deep end. And it's really hard to keep those things in balance. And I hope that this book really helps us to do that, gets us excited about Jesus coming back, but also kind of empowers us to live for him right now. Amen, Stan, and thanks.